teach this morning from the title, God's Paths. God's Paths. I don't know if you like hiking or going out into the woods and getting off the path, the beaten path, you could, you could say. But I enjoy going out in the woods and enjoying nature and seeing all the beautiful things that God has created. But if you get off of a path, it's very difficult, especially if you're working in Minnesota like I'm doing right now. My job, I work on the power lines, and I follow the lines, and wherever the lines go, I go. And if they go off of a road, that's where I go. And in Minnesota, you deal with swamps, you deal with mosquito swarms that you could only dream of in nightmares. And it's very frustrating when the path is overgrown. You want to make excuses. You always, you're by yourself. There's nobody around. So you almost want to just put in, I can't get to it because of vegetation, because of the path is just overgrown. But you can't do that because you got to get to the pole and you got to inspect it. And if I don't do my job and I get lazy and I get complacent and I say, you know what, somebody else will do it some other time, then it's not going to be done. I have to stay on the path. And just because the path isn't what I thought it was going to be, there's briars, there's thorns, there's mosquitoes, there's things that I really do not enjoy. Flies. Y'all, flies in South Dakota are absolutely horrific. Horrific. But you still have to do it. You have to stay on your path. We pick up reading in Exodus chapter 14 about the Israelites getting delivered from bondage in Egypt. Before we dig into that, I want to back up to the beginning of Exodus and just briefly take us through to where we picked where we read this morning. So Moses was born in a time where Pharaoh did not want the people of Israel to realize how much they were growing, right? He saw he saw, oh my goodness, they're they're going to overtake us someday. So we need to make something happened. So he made a proclamation. I want all of the males killed. If you have a baby girl, that's fine. But if you have a little boy, I don't, we, we can't have any more men. Because the moment they realize how powerful they are in number, they're going to overtake us. So he did something about it. So he puts this proclamation, I want every male boy, I want it to die. Well, then Moses is born and his mother she is like, man, I, I can't do that. I've got to do something to protect my son. So what does she do? She puts him in a basket, and he floats down a river. And if you grew up in Sunday school, this is one of those stories that we really hear a lot about, right? Moses in a basket, drifting down the river. And he is found by Pharaoh's daughter. And she looks at him, and she goes, oh, my goodness, this baby Oh, I can't. Well, we can't. We can't kill him. We need to do something about this. And he ends up being raised by his mother in this strange set of events. Like that cannot be made up. That's got to be of God, right? His his own mother is the one that is found to raise him. So Moses grows up in an identity crisis. He is an Israelite. He was raised fed by his mother, but he grows up in the palace in Egypt. 
can't make that up. You think you and I have an identity crisis sometimes. I mean, can you imagine Moses? He's growing up and he's seeing all of these Israelites and he goes out and he races his chariots and he's doing all of these awesome things. He's got all of the, you know, he's, he's, he's wealthy. I mean, it's Pharaoh's son. Dude, you got everything at the fingertips. But somewhere inside Moses, there was, there's something going on. There's a path that's missing. He just doesn't know what it is yet. And what he doesn't realize is he's actually on a path to his destiny. He goes out, and I'm making this brief, trying to get to where we read this morning. But he goes out, and he sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite. Right? And what's his response? That's not right. He has no... He has nothing to go back on to say, well, I felt that at this point, and now I feel it again. Hmm, maybe this is, this is something that I need to, to, to focus in on. He didn't have anything like that. He just saw something that was happening, and he goes, that's, that's, someone's got to do something about it. And so what does he do? He goes and he pushes the Egyptian off. And now there is a bullseye placed on his life. I didn't ask for this bullseye. I'm just, I'm just doing the right thing. Anybody been there? I'm just doing the right thing. Why is all of this happening to me? I'm just following the path that you put me on, God. What is going on? I saw something wrong, and I, I, I just fixed it. And Moses gets scared because Pharaoh now says, you have to go. Because that can't happen. He, Moses, Pharaoh knew what Moses was. There's something inside him that Pharaoh was going to try and keep closed off. I don't want you to realize your real identity, Devin. If, I, if you realize, yeah, you just did something that, man, if, if we let Moses stay here, it might spread. And that proclamation to destroy all the men... It's living in Moses. His destiny of deliverance is going to happen. One way or the other. But, but his path doesn't make sense to us. We look at it and go, I do not want that path. <laughs> I did something, I fixed it, and now I have to run for my life. Just like Moses. He flees to another country. And he finds himself in a massive identity crisis. And another high point is that he finds himself in a cave. He's a shepherd now. He, he went from a palace, running chariots around the, the city, to you're just a shepherd, hiding away, you coward. You committed murder. You did this. You did that. Can I just say that when we are on a path that God has us on, there's going to be some accusing happen. There's going to be some things from the past that are going to come up, and they're going to, as Bishop preached so powerfully Sunday, the stones that are under the surface. See, God wants to bring those up to make, as he said, altars, but the enemy wants to make them stumbling blocks. Moses, remember what you did. Remember who you were. I, I know. I, I, just, I just want to be left alone. I just want to guard sheep. Just, just leave me alone. I've been there. 
Just leave me alone. I just, I just want to do the right thing. I'll work. I'll, I'll go to church. I'll pay my tithes. I'll do everything you ask me to do, God. Just don't let me. I don't want to go back and deal with that. But I've got you on a path, Moses. Stick to the path. His, this path leads him to a burning bush. Now, Hollywood couldn't even come up with this, guys. A bush that is burning that cannot be consumed. I mean, I think I'd stand in all too. <laughs> and not just a burning bush that isn't consumed, a voice comes out of this bush. And he says to Moses, take off your feet, or take off your shoes. It'd be hard to take off your feet. You'd be like, really, God? Take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. So all of these things are happening to Moses, and, and he's, he's just, what's going on? I, I, can't, I, I can't go back to Pharaoh because God says, I want you to go back. I'm going to use you to deliver my people. Your path, your destiny, you've ran right smack into it. Sometimes we look at our life and we go, there is no way God's working right now. There is no possible way this makes any sense. I've done everything right. I find myself in Watertown, South Dakota, of all places in the world. What is going on? And God's saying, I've got you on a path. Just stick to the path. You're running right into your destiny that I've got prepared for you. Just trust me. So Moses says, but I stutter. I've used excuses when God's come to me and said, I'm going to do this in your life. See, I'm wanting a path so bad from God. And then when God lays it out, I don't want it. God's going, what do you want from me? I, you said, help me, give me direction. I did. You don't want that. I know what you need. You came to me and said, I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to go where you, where you want me to go. But I need you to listen to me, Jeremy. I've put a path for you. Don't argue with the potter. You and I are just clay. If you and I forget what our identity is, we start arguing with the creator, we are no longer in creative order. We are out of order. I don't want to be out of order with God. I want to be in obedience to his word. God is all about obedience and details. I give you strict details, and it may seem simple and insignificant, but I'm telling you, it's going to matter because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. That little thing that you don't want to deal with, Moses, is going to turn into a big deal. So I want you, I stutter. I'm going to make you face your fear. I'm going to fill your mouth with words to speak in front of Pharaoh most powerful man in the world at the time. Can you imagine if God told you, I want you to go to the President of the United States. I got a word for, for the President, and you're going to deliver it. <laughs> I think I would have a problem with stuttering at that moment. But that's our God. He calls us to do things that we, we cannot physically do sometimes. But he's going to make a way. Stay on the path. So Moses... He goes back to Pharaoh, 
And we know, I'll just kind of briefly touch the plagues. He has these plagues that happen to Egypt because he finally goes before Pharaoh and he says, God said, let my people go. And these plagues start happening in Egypt. One after the other. And he still, God says, I'm going to harden his heart. He's not going to let you go. You're going to need to go back again and again and again. And if I'm Moses, I'm like really questioning the path at this point. Because this really doesn't make any sense. You tell me to go before him and, and say, let my people go. I do that. And then you harden his heart. It's not just about Pharaoh. It's about Moses. I'm trying to teach you something, Moses. Be obedient to my word. Because there's going to come a place down the path when Moses is going to make a mistake. He's going to do something that God didn't tell him to do. Because he needs him to understand obedience is the key to your path being fulfilled. God's path. So we get to the last plague, and Pharaoh finally goes, I'm going to let you go. And the Egyptians basically are paying the Israelites to leave. Get out of here. I don't want you here anymore. Our oldest boys are gone. What, what, Pharaoh, just get them out of here. And Pharaoh finally gives in, and he says, just leave. Just get out of here. I don't want nothing to do with you. And so they do. And they leave. But you got to understand, in Exodus chapter 12, 430 years, verses 40 and 41, the people of Israel had lived in Egypt for 430 years. 41? In fact, it was on the last day of the 430th year that the all of Lord's forces left the land. 430 years of bondage. That's a lot of rocks. That's a lot of stones that God's going to have to get out of people. You live that long in a captive mindset, that long in a slave mentality, and deliverance may not look that good because you're comfortable. I mean, how many generations? Mom, kid, their kid lived in this They've just, they've become accustomed to this. This is our path. We go out every day and make bricks. We build. Moses, leave us alone. Don't bother us. Moses is like, well, this is my destiny. I've, I've come smack dab in, in my destiny, and it is to, to help you and, and you and me be delivered, guys. So they leave, and in Exodus chapter 13, we're going to read 17, verse 17 and 18. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. When I read that, Devin, man, it's just like, poof. You mean God led them to the Red Sea? He could have, there was a shorter trade route that actually ran by the sea that was pretty common. And it was, you could say easier, shorter, right? It was right there. But God knows the path that we take. And he said, they're not ready to go face a battle. You know why? Because they're going to want to go back to Egypt when they face an army. 
Because they've, they've not been prepared for that battle yet. There's some rocks that's got to be brought to the surface. There's some things from their past that they have, I've got to get them out first. And finally, God says, if I let you go fight this army right now, you know what you're going to do, Jeremy? You're going to take credit when we, when we end up defeating them. But if I bring you to a sea and I say, Moses, stretch out your rod and the, and the waters go, guess what God just showed you and me? I can only do that. There's certain things in our life, on our path, that God has particularly brought us to, to watch us stand still and see my, my power. Stand still. The children of Israel murmured. They groaned. They complained when this was happening. They are looking back and the, the, the Egyptians are coming now because God hardened Pharaoh's heart one more time. And, and Moses is standing in front of this sea and he's got these people behind him. We're not talking about this much people. We're talking about like 600,000, some say, of people that went out of Egypt. And they weren't all Israelites. Some of them were just bystanders that go, Wow, your God does that? I want to be a part of that. And so they just went along with them. And they're standing here and they're going, Moses, Moses, why didn't you just leave us alone? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? You have brought us here to die, to be slaughtered. And God says, Moses, what are you doing? Step forward and reach out over that water. Because I want to show the people that only I can remove this obstacle. I put it here on your path. I've been there. I've struggled. God, move this. Move it. Move it. Why isn't it moving? No, I'm not moving it yet. Why? Because if I do, you're going to take credit for it. Why isn't revival happening? Why isn't my family coming back? Because you're not being obedient to the path I put you on. I said do this, this, and this, and now there's an obstacle and you want me to remove it. But I'm only going to do that. First, Moses, you have to reach out. Imagine being Moses in that moment. You've got all these people, a massive group of people that are murmuring and, and wanting to stone you because you are going to kill all of them. And you have to stand and be obedient. It's never happened. This is, he didn't have anything to go back on again, just like in the burning bush experience. I've never experienced this, Lord. I've never seen an ocean just go, can this happen? And he does it, and God parts it, and they walk across on dry ground. You see, the smaller obstacle, sometimes we think, man, this obstacle just is so big. Oh, and God's going, not really. That's actually the smaller one. I brought you to the Red Sea. It's actually the smaller obstacle. Because all I'm going to require of you, Devin, is just walk. All you got to do is walk. Tori, all you got to do is go. Egypt, we know, is a type of sin. When God delivered them, he delivered them from sin. He brought them to the Red Sea, which is a type of baptism. Before he could ever get them to the promised land, to the fulfillment, I need you to go through the Red Sea because I'm going to cleanse. I'm going to cleanse you. Walk through the Red Sea. I brought you out of sin. I'm going to lead you through 
the Lord himself will fight for you. Exodus 14, verse 14, he says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. God had to get Egypt out of Israel. There's been so many times that in the last three years, God, am I on the right path? And I think it's a good thing daily to check, am I on the path? Am I, am I okay? God, this, there's this thing that's happening in my family. I, I, don't, I, I don't want to ignore it. But God, do I need, do I need to deal with it? Do I, what do I do right now? And I believe God wants us to check in with him. Moses, talk to me. I, I can tell you where you're at. I know. I know where you're at. In Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 12. Verse 8 starts, she says, I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. He knows the path you're on. Because he designed it. You see, Job, if anybody's going to question the path, it would be Job. All the things that's happened in his life. All of the the taking from his life. But he says, you know where I'm at, God. And your paths are better than any path that this world could ever lay before me to walk on. You see, when, when the Egyptians came after them and God destroyed them in, in, the, in the Red Sea, he brought the walls of the water down. They didn't stop complaining. That amazes me. But then I think, you don't stop complaining. You complain. God, I can't pay this bill. Boop, done. Oh, man, I got another one. What's going to, what are you going to do now? Yeah, the car just broke down. Oh, boy. Yeah, those things seem small and significant, but it's the little things. And every day, what I feel God challenging me to do is say, God, you know the path I'm on. I just want to be obedient. What do you want me to do today? What about tomorrow? The Bible says, let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. What are you doing today? I want to be thankful for the victories God has brought me through. Brought me to. You see, if I'm constantly standing at an obstacle, scared every time, another one, another one. And guess what? There's always going to be another one. There's always going to be another one. The higher you go, the less stuff we can take. The more is going to be knocked out of me. And when that happens, I just got to look at God. God, I'll be obedient. Whatever stone needs to come to the surface, whatever you want me to do, I want to get rid of it, God. I don't want it to become a stumbling block in my life or my, my family's life. I want your will for my life because you know the way that I take. 
They kept murmuring and complaining about everything. And God delivered them again and again. and gave them water from a bitter place. And he made it pure. He gave them manna from heaven and quail. He gave them everything. And then he told them little details. Don't gather on the seventh day. Gather double on the sixth. On the seventh, you don't need any more. But there was always somebody that would test that. Push that boundary. Push that detail a little bit. Ever been there? I've pushed the detail. I, I've, I've kind of pushed the boundaries of, of what God said a little bit. And God goes, well, I, I, I'm a God of detail. I told you not to do it, and you did it anyway. So now what? You're coming to me. Don't touch the stove. <laughs> it's hot. But they kept grumbling. And Moses is saying, I, God, what do you want me to do with these people? I, <sighs> when they were hungry, in Exodus 13, or 16, verses 2 through 3, it says, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat at the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill us whole, kill this whole assembly with hunger. They were so tired of dealing with Stones dealing with the issues that, that God was trying to get out of them, that they were willing to go back to Egypt. You see, Egypt's always going to have a meal prepared for us. Egypt's always going to have pots full of food. And what is Egypt of? A type of sin. The Bible even said sin is going to be fun for a season. It's going to be enjoyable. And you come to an obstacle, the first thing is going to be, well, I'm just going to go back. Man, this is too hard. I don't want to deal with this. I don't, want to, I don't want to fight this. And Egypt is going, just come on. We got plenty of food to go around. I can lay a spread before you that will blow your mind. And the temptation starts rolling in our minds. And God's saying, mm, I will feed you if you just be obedient. I'm talking about God's path this morning of obedience. I want to be obedient to the word of God. I don't want to, I don't, if he says go seven steps, I want to go seven. If Brother Devin goes seven and I'm only allowed to go three, I don't want to be jealous and envious because God let him go seven and I only went three. Because God's got a detail. Let's stand this morning. Four hundred and thirty years of bondage. God had to get some stuff out of them. This is a journey that we're all on. Every Sunday we come to church, every prayer meeting we're in, every time we, we study through the, through the week and we open his word, our personal prayer life, they're all steps getting stuff knocked out of me to be made more like him. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We're all in this together. The song goes, I need you, you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Or you're my brother, you're my sister. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. Helping you get rid of your stuff. You helping me get rid of mine. Because I want to be like Jesus. I don't, I don't want to complain about the path he's got me on. I want to trust him. Can we lift our hands? Jesus, we love you and we praise you this morning. Thank you for the path that you've got us on. God, even though it doesn't make sense sometimes, 
God, even though I want to complain, and I do, I complain, I mumble, I grumble, I, I question your power, I question, God, your goodness, but you love me. God, you came for me. Lord, you, you love each and every one of us, and you have called us to a place, a higher place, a secret place with you, Jesus, and there's some rocks, there's some things that's got to come out of us in order to get to that place. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to make those stones altars and not stumbling blocks. God, I worship you and I praise you this morning. I magnify your name, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the path that you've got us on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want to be thankful for the deliverance. I don't want to go back to Egypt. And man, sometimes the temptation of this life, we have all have struggles. Rain falls on the just and the unjust, but I don't want to ever get to a place where I'd rather be in Egypt because the wilderness is so bad. <laughs> 